We saw the Nefesh Shachayim in Sharadal Perigadalif that the Machshava that HaKadosh Baruch Hu had for the creation of Kal Yisrael and the Chachma of Hashem, which is the Torah, really came from the same source. The Hashem's plan was to share His Chachma, and therefore the Chachma is the Torah, and the ones who Hashem wanted to share it with is Kal Yisrael. So the beginning point of wanting a creation really involves both of them. And we saw more than that, that there's a connection between the Neshamas of Kali Yisrael and the letters of the Torah, because they're both sourced in HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Ratzim. Rechein Omer, he says, If a person happens to be a witness when a, person, when a Jew's Neshama leaves him, he has to take Kriya. It might not be a relative, it might not even be somebody he knows. But the experience of watching a Neshama leave a body, was comparable to is the rise of Eterosh in Yisra. Seeing a Torah being burnt. And just like if Chas Vashonim, if that would be the case, a person should feel sufficiently Betzar that he would take Kriya. Seeing the Neshama of a Jew leave his body is the same thing. And that should also bring a person to that level of Tzar that they should take Kriya. Why she kedushas nishmas koechet miyisrael he kedushas efetir. The kedusha of a Jewish neshama is similar to the kedusha of efetir. Again, we say that they both come from Hakadosh Baruch Hu's machshav. Now, the next point that Rabbi Shachayim is going to explain is if that was Hashem's machshava from time immemorial, from before the creation, that the Torah should be learned and should be learned by people. So then there was a, a large period of time, more than a third of the world's history, where that hadn't yet happened, when the Torah had not yet come down to this world. And at that stage, the Torah was still in Shammai, before it was given to us. From the time of the creation, before the Torah came down to this world, when the Torah was still in its spiritual state of, of something different, something abstract, something apart from the world. Then it was giving chios in life, in existence in this world, long distance. In other words, it's not that this world was sustained by the Torah only when this world accepted the Torah. Really, the Torah is a source of chiyos for the world even before this world accepted the Torah. The only difference is then it was an external source of chiyos. Whereas now, when it came to the world, it's an internal source of chiyos. And what's the difference between the two? If I have to give a marshal, maybe to explain, I'll give the marshal if you have a healthy person, his heart is pumping, his lungs are working. So yes, he has the systems which are needed to maintain life are all working perfectly inside him. As compared to a person who is connected to a heart-lung machine. So it could be that the, there's also the blood traveling around his arteries and the oxygen which is being brought to every cell in his body. But it's from an external source. So the person is much less alive, if you're going to call it like that. 
or maybe we say his life is much more precarious because it's not something internal which gives him that life it's something external which has to be connected to so the world before Matan was connected to a source of Chiyas and Shemaim and that source in Shemaim which is where the Torah was so to speak conveyed, transmitted life to this world whereas the world post Matan when there was a Torah in this world so at that stage then the world lives with a Kayach which is internal, which is inside of itself so he says originally the Torah was hidden in its Ruchni cells and as only Mashpia, only sent its Kayach to this world from a distance and then the Torah hadn't yet so to come down stage by stage that has come into this world in the, sta- in the way that she asked about puts a matter the people in this world could relate to the Torah and it or to say it in different words it hadn't yet been translated into the physical terminology of the Torah we have now So then the, the various worlds were still Rafif, so to speak, not, com- not, not completely firm. They were still somewhat uh, unsteady. And they weren't set up in the, in the proper way that they can survive. And the reason for that is, is that they didn't have that Koyach, which gives them that survival as something inside of them. Why, and that's what they called Shnei Alafim Tayu. There were 2,000 years and the world was still in, this, in somewhat a state of Tayu, which means a state of uh, potential oblivion. There was nothing to makaim the world with its existence. That was the waiting until the stage of Matan when the Torah did come down to this world. And at that stage, then that became something permanent in this world because the Torah is now here. So what you see from Nefesh HaChayim first is a big Chiddush and that we think incorrectly that by Matan Torah the Torah was given to this world as well. There's a Torah in Shemaim and after Matan Torah Hashem taught the Torah to this world as well. So now we both have the Torah. And we see from Nefesh HaChayim it's not like that. What we see from Nefesh HaChayim is that the Torah is either here or it's there. And before Matan Torah, the Torah was in Shemaim. And after Matan Torah, the Torah is here. Now we're not talking about Torah knowledge, because of course there's a knowledge of Torah in Shemaim, even if the Torah is given to us. So what you're referring to when we're talking about the Torah being given to this world, besides for the knowledge of Torah, that's also true. In other words, before Matan Torah, this world had no knowledge of the Torah. After the Matan Torah, we had knowledge of Torah in this world as well. That's only the first point. Because then, this world and the upper world both knew the Torah. But what Nevi Shechaim is discussing is something else. He's talking about the Chiyos of Torah. Which means that the Torah gives the Chiyos. And what does that mean? What do I mean by that? If this is a, Hashem's intention, so then Hashem's intention to create is the same intention Hashem has to continue creation. And that 
depends on the Torah. Which means Hashem created this world so that Torah should be that. So wherever that is taking place, that's where the Chiyos is, that's where that Koyach of uh, the world's continuation comes from. So before Matan Torah, that was based in the Ratzon of Hashem which hadn't yet come down to this world. So Hashem was maintaining this world, so to speak, as a place where in the future that Ratzon will be met. It hadn't happened yet. So even though we can say the words the Torah is in Shemaim, it means, and therefore Hashem's Ratzon hadn't yet come to fruition, hadn't yet been actualized. Whereas when it comes to Matan Torah, and the Torah is given to this world, so now we understand that Torah is here in the sense that Hashem's Ratzon to create the world has now come to the point where the Torah has come to this world. And when that's the case, so then that Ratzon isn't based on Shemaim. That Ratzon is not based on Shemaim. Hashem isn't now looking as the Shemaim as being the center point of why He created the world. No, the center point is here, where the Torah is and where the people that He created are to learn the Torah. And if we understand that, then we understand better why the Malachim was so opposed to giving the Torah to people. It wasn't they didn't want to share. That we shouldn't both have the Torah. It was Malachim were losing out. They were losing out. Because whereas previously maybe the Koyach of the Torah was in Shemaim, now after Matan Torah, the Koyach is going to be here in the world. And the Koyach of the Torah being here in the world means that the existence of the entire system depends on people. Which is the Kiddush that Shechem said at the beginning. And if not for the actions of people, the entire world will get destroyed. Shemaim Varetz, including the Malachim themselves. We say this. We say this in Rosh Hashanah. We talk about the Yom Adin coming, and it says, the Malachim Yechofezun, They overcome by fear and trembling, because they say it's the Yom Adin. And the Malachim judged what they do wrong in Yom Adin. We don't find that Malachim are that guilty of Averia. But Malachim know that what happens to them is based on what happens to us. Because if we are found to be unworthy, and there would be the system that, let's say, the world would deserve to be destroyed, then that applies to the whole system. If the source of Chiyas is here for everything, and that doesn't deserve to be maintained, then everything in the system is going to lose. So yes, the Malachim are more afraid than we of the Yomadim. They understand the ramifications of it, and what's more important, there's nothing they can do about it. People are blissfully unaware of how important the Yomadim is, but these people have the advantage that it's up to them to do something. Where's the proof of this Nefesh That the Torah isn't in both. The Torah is either here or there. Ready to Gemara? The Gemara in Shabbos that says that when Hashem gave the, after Hashem gave the Torah to the Jewish people, the Sultan went to look for the Torah. And he looked in Shemaim, he didn't find it there. And he looked in the sea, he didn't find it there either. Until eventually he found it and it came to Kala Yisrael. So we see from that Gemara too, the fact that he looked to these other places and didn't find the Torah there means that the Torah wasn't there anymore. Now, it doesn't mean that no one in Shemayim, like I said before, knew Torah. Rather, what the Sultans were interested in is where's the Chios of the Torah. And that he didn't see in Shemayim. Once it had been given to the world, then that level of Chios is here in this world. And then the idea of that Chios, like we said, is that the Ratzon Hashem has to create the world and to keep, keep the world created which is now focused on the world here because it's reached the stage where 
the Torah is here and the world is here in, in this world and the people to learn it are here and that's what Hashem is looking to to see the creation to justify the creation and that's the famous Gemara the Gemara which comes many times the Chaim brings one example and brings the number of Midrashim that say that Hashem had a condition with the world and the condition was in Makabin Yisrael's Torah Motaf. If Klaishal Makabul Torah, then that's the world will exist. The Imlav is the world's going back to Torah Then the world's going back to its original state of nothingness, because if there would be an option of a world which is not based on keeping the Torah, well then it doesn't line up with Hashem's plan of what the world's going to be. And if that's not what Hashem planned the world to be, then there's no key for this world. So the world will be destroyed. Now, once that's the case, the Hashem's plan is that the world should accept the Torah. And if Hashem's plan is not going to be be, be actualized, then there's no further chios, no further kiyom. There's no reason for the world anymore. So this brings us to another point. And that's the point he brings next. And that is that by keeping the Torah, or at least firstly that's by accepting the Torah, Really, we've ensured the continuation of the world. That's what he brings next. Midrash Rabbin Shashirim, where it says, Dimisich Rayasi. Hashem says, I compared you to Rayasi, to my partner. And when what are we Hashem's partner? Upon Amri Rayasi Doilami, my partner in the world. When she kibru Tarasi, because I accepted the Torah, she ilu la kibru, ha yisi marsa oilam, and say vavayu. That means that the Midrash says the same thing. That Pischus Anoichi, Hashem Chayish accepted the Torah's Debris, Hashem said Anoichi, Sikhanti Amudeo Sela, and established the foundations on which the world lies. And that's why the Gemara says that same idea of being a partner with Hashem, the Gemara says a number of times. A person is nice, a person is made into the partner of Hashem in the creation. And the obvious question. A person could never have been a partner in the creation because a person was created after everything else. He was the final act of creation. So how could he partner with Hashem in everything which was created before that? And on a deeper level, Hashem is a creator, not a person. So in what way is it possible for a person to be considered a partner with Hashem in creation? The answer is, you can have a partner who helps set up the business. You can have a partner who helps the business run. And when we talk about our being partners with Hashem in the creation, what it means is that the initial creation man had nothing to do with. That Hashem did on his own. But once the person exists, the continuing creation is uh, up to a person. And the fact that there's still a world which is existing is a riot that a person is a partner in that. If the world wouldn't exist without Hashem's plan being fulfilled, and it's people who are the ones who are fulfilling it, and therefore giving the Hashem a reason to continue the world, so if there's a world today, we partners with Hashem in that. So that way a person, like we said, is a partner with Hashem in creation. That's not a small idea. It's a very big principle, which we need to think about a little bit in this idea. I heard it once from Rabbi Solomon many years ago. I'm quoting his name because I heard it from him, but having learned more, I don't think it's a Kiddush. I think it's understood as 
basic hashkafa. And that is, we think about people who learn Torah and people who do chesed. Learning Torah means a person sitting with his Gemara and Shaggy. Doing chesed is a person who's out there, uh, whether it's teaching people, inspiring people, helping people with medical issues, visiting them, keeping organizing food, whatever, whatever kind of chesed it's going to be. And he said that you should know the biggest chesed that there is is to learn Torah. Why? Because if not for the fact that people were learning Torah, then there wouldn't be a world. There wouldn't be a world. The world exists because of people who are learning Torah. And that's what's, so to speak, Bimakayim HaKadosh Baruch in the creation. And that, that's something which wasn't, that we're going to see, a once-off thing, which we were Bimakayim by accepting the Torah. It's a constant thing. Hashem's Ratzin is that there should be Torah learning, but that Ratzin has to be constantly fulfilled. And if you want an example of that, that puts the Kayach, which is giving life to the world, so just like if we talk about a person whose heart beats, and that's what gives life to the person. So yeah, once upon a time his heart used to beat. means he'll be dead a long time ago. Life is, there's a constant heartbeat. And somebody over here, if the kayach of the life to the world is through the Makayim, HaKadosh Baruch of Torah being that, that's something which has to happen constantly. So the person who's learning Torah, or I should say the people who are learning Torah, are the ones who are giving life to the world. Now, of course, there are lots of individual chasadim one can do. Sick people and callous and uh, ill people and people who need money, whatever subcategory of chasad it's going to be, and they're all important. But that's all after the fact that the world exists. The world exists, people are alive, and other people who need help. So there's an Indian to go and help them. But if one had to worry about the chasad of, I'm going to make sure the world exists. I'm going to ensure that everybody continues to live. That's for sure a more all-encompassing and a bigger chesed than in helping people with individual issues once they're already surviving. So that's the chesed of learning Torah. A person's a partner with Hashem creation. That's a tremendous thing. In his schuz, the world surviving. And what's famous, the Vilna God. It's brought in by Sarab. He understood this not in abstract terms, he understood this very literally. And that's why the Vilnagon said that how many people are sharing the reward of maintaining creation through their terror? However many people are learning, that's how many people are partners in the world. Because, and you say it is, even if it would be only one person learning, then that person would justify the creation. There's a Judean Torah, that's what Hashem wanted. So that one person would justify creation. And if there's 10 people, or 100 people, or 1,000 people, or a million people, so then together, they justify the creation. Now, that means they all have a tenth, or a hundredth, or a thousandth, or a millionth of the schus, which we call the schus, of making sure the world exists. And the God said, therefore, one should look for times when there are less people learning because when, in times like that then a person's proportional share of in, ensuring the world's survival are that much greater. It's brought in Maizirab about times ago and used to be mapped to learn because he thought these were times when there were the least people learning 
and then the percentage that he's learning play will be the time the world that much greater. Now of course the Quran was learning the whole time. But there's sometimes where there was an extra focus maybe on doing nothing else. Such as was brought there is for him, Arab Pesach, Matishabah, but just when the fast goes out, and Matsyum Kippur. Yes, the people go to Tamar and break the fast and we'll come back to them later. But as in that first hour when everybody else is busy with uh, breaking the fast, they sit and learn that. That was a special, a special mind. That's the, the least people learning that. Of course, in the world where the Jews are in every part of the planet, and there's every different time zone, and of course, one Muslim keep for one person is still in the middle of Musa for the next, or is much later in the night for the third. It could be. Jews in every part of the world make it that much easier to ensure, to maintain learning always. It's always first day to somewhere on the planet. So it's true. It makes it easier to ensure there will always be Jews learning. But even then, there are those times when there's less people learning, and times like that, the person who spends the time learning Torah gets more of a schar. Going back to the same principle, that there's a schar that people have in maintaining the world, and that's the schar of those people who then learning Torah. Because without them, there wouldn't be a world. That's Nefeshachayim says, and once the Torah comes down here, it wasn't a once-off thing. Now, the heartbeat of the universe is here. Now, whether the world runs or doesn't run depends on us. Or, in sense in better words, depends on a fulfillment of Hashem's wrath in the Bidim Torah. Ever since the time when the Torah left its original source to come down to this world, like Chazal say, that Moshe brought that Torah down to the world. The chiyus of the entire universe is based on our learning Torah. And that's why this is one of the most well-known paragraphs in the Nefesh HaChayim. Because the Emes without any doubt. If the entire world, the entire universe, would be empty from even as for even for a second of somebody learning Torah, then the entire the entire system, all the galaxies, all the stars, all the spiritual world, would all be destroyed instantaneously. They go back to being nothing. Why? Because. The Ratzin of Hashem isn't being fulfilled, and then without that, the world will, there's no world. It's not just a question of existence and non-existence, it's a question of amount as well. The amount of R which flows from the higher world, or the lack thereof, it all depends on our learning Torah. And how much we learn Torah, that's how much Shef of Racha is going to be in the world. And if there's less Torah learning, there's going to be less. Which means, as Hashem Zeratim, that there should be a world for people learning Torah. And the more people learning Torah, then the more it's a, the world is matching with the way Hashem wants the world to be. Because the Amish Hashem doesn't want a world where one person is learning Torah. Hashem wants a world where all the 600,000 of Kha Yisrael are learning Torah. And the more that there are, the closer the world is to the way Hashem wants it to be, we made it, there'll be more bracha, there'll be more chiyas in this world. There's a... He's trying to just set up. 
And that is, we know that a person gets hired for their learning when other people repeat something that they said. If I say a chiddush and someone's going to say it over, then I get, I get rewarded for the second time that it was said over, even though I wasn't aware of it, I wasn't involved in it. Because it's the third that I said, which is traveling further. The Gemara learns from the Pasuk of David Slisha Yishenim that the, even the, the, the lips of those who already died are still moving when the third is being recounted. And with that principle, often people ask the question. And that is, it's not fair. Because that means the earlier in history a person lived, the more there would be generations following who could have said over their Torah. Think Rashi. In the thousand years since Rashi, how many people learned Rashi? And had Rashi lived a hundred years ago, there would have been that much less time for people to learn Rashi. Think Rabbi Ranasa. Since the time he wrote the Mishnah, how many millions and millions of Jews have learned Mishnah? And if you're talking comparing the Mishnah, let's say, to the Mishnah Bura, which was only 90 years ago, so of course there are much less people have learned it. It's been around for much less time. So why couldn't the Chafet Chaim have attained and said, Hashem, had you written me, had you put me in the door of Rabbi Ranasi, I would have written my book then, and it would have been given the exposure of millions of people. There have been so much more people learning it. It sounds like a good question. So much so that it's even the best of Shlomo and he says, Don't say that previous times, previous eras, previous generations were better than this one. Better because they had more time to influence the future of generations after them. Why should you say that? It says, It's not a question which is, if you ask even a question, it's not coming from Chachma. Now, the simple answer to what Shalom is saying is Hashem is the cheshbon of who he puts in which star. So you can't complain, it's not fair, I was, I was put in the place, I was put in history, not at a different stage or a different time. You can't ask that kind of question. It's uh, not chokhmah. You don't know enough about what Hashem is doing to ask the question. But this, even with Shalom uh answer, it still disturbs us. Wouldn't we have gained more had we been in a dar where we could have influenced so many more subsequent areas? And the answer is that there's two different ways that a person can get tired for Torah. It's true. A person is a daughter of Yudha Nasi. So the mission he wrote has been learned by many, many more people for many, many thousands of years. And there's a tremendous amount of scholarship which is according to Yudha Nasi. But on the other hand, Rabbi Yudha Nasi lives in a generation of Tanaim. And the... the, the the learning that, or at least their part of the learning, which was being Makai in the world, was much smaller. There were so many more people learning. Whereas people in the later day, where there are much fewer people learning, so maybe they tell one of the same effect on future generations, but the learning they're doing itself has much more of a percentage in saving the world. Now, this answer was given after the First World War, where there really were very few people learning there. And we can understand very well that idea. The people learning Torah then were a minority. Most of those, unfortunately, had abandoned Torah mitzvahs. And so each one's part in maintaining the world was so much greater. But the question is, how did that answer apply to today? Today, with Baruch Hashem, we've been rebuilding, and there's hundreds of thousands of people learning. Not just in Israel, around the world. 
maybe now we've lost our importance. That the percentage of our Torah in the entire world is much less. There are so many hundreds of thousands of people learning. And uh, the time we have the Torah can influence people is also much less. So here also, the, what's the answer? I can suggest two things. It's a little bit paradoxical. Number one is, if that's true, that there's so many more people around today who are learning, so even in one dot, the Torah I teach today could be learned by hundreds of thousands of people instantaneously. I can make, I can post this, like, so to speak, record this year, which the whole world could hear. It's teaching Torah to hundreds of thousands of people. Whereas in the time of the Rishayim, where any Torah they said had to be transmitted by word of mouth to a few people, we had to travel to different places to transmit it to a few people, and it could be that the rate of Torah's transmission was much slower and to much smaller audiences. That's the first option. The second option is even though there are so many more people learning, it could be that today one can still find the times when there's nearly nobody there and have a much bigger source of material in the world. You know, when it used to be people used to learn as much as they were able, Yom and Belayla didn't make a difference. So it could be that there would be, uh, there would be uh, the more people were learning means that any available time was taken out of people learning. Whereas today, even with the hundreds of thousands of people in the yeshivas and the kodim, okay, yeah, but there should be more of them. But being as the learning is much more regimented, it's much more time dictated. So it could be that even today, there will be those times when nobody is learning. And if a person chooses to learn at times like those, it could be, and that's the opportunity to get that tremendous chat. When something is not part of the code, I'll show you. Before Shachas, Friday afternoon, Matzah Shabbos. So it could be that because so many more people are learning based on a certain regimen of learning, that there'll be times out of that which is too much nobody. And then a person can gain that extra level of being so much a bigger, so to speak, maybe even a controlling shake, a controlling state in the partnership of running the world. That's the you said. You said we learned tonight is that the chesed of learning Torah is the biggest chesed. You're giving people existence. You're giving the whole world existence. And the fewer people that are learning, the more each person's individual percentage is in creating that chesed. As in this side, I've always wondered, if you think today, what's the time when the least people are learning Torah? You get people learning in the day, you get people learning at night, you get people learning Kodal Chatois. What, if I would say, what's the time when the least people are learning Torah? I would imagine it's at the time of Neit Sakhama. Because normally whoever's after him is down in Shachas. I always used to wonder, you know, Rabbi Yashif Shadal was used to wake up at 2 in the morning and then straight through to 6.30 or 10 time he used to dive into Shul. He wasn't like at all to dive in that. I always wonder if part of the reason would have been because he found that was prime learning time when no one was in. And because it was a, a, a gap, so to speak, which there wasn't going learning, so he definitely chose to learn those times and keep him with the going we, we understood. But the point is that that's a fulfillment of Hashem's written for the breath. That there should be learning, people learning Torah always. Always. Without a stop, without a second's break. There were yeshivas like Padaj that used to set up and set up like that. There were rotations of students that the best was always full and there was always Torah going on. Maybe then have a today or a way to set up such a Seder Ayam, the people will do it. But the fact that we know throughout the Jewish world, 
different parts of the universe, different parts of the planet, different people, different schedules, that there's always a Torah being learned, that's what's necessary to maintain that life, to maintain Hashem's rights and fulfillment that the Torah is being learned.